Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thanks to Dr. Mark Muska for that last hour. It was fantastic. I'm looking forward to this hour as well with Dr. Peter Kapsner. You know, the cost of everything from housing to a latte is on the rise, and it begs the question where and when will consumers like me uh, cut spending? Well, I thought I could cut Peter from the show, but seeing how I don't pay him anything, <laughs> I realized that wouldn't be helpful. So I will continue to pay him nothing and pass the savings on to you. Peter, welcome. It is really an advantage to not get paid anything because then I'm not feeling the inflation at all. That's there's true. Just, there's, there's nothing to even worry about at this point. Exactly. That's true. So we've had an absolute blast on Wednesdays at 5 being in the Old Testament, talking about people from the Old Testament with some really remarkable scholars. And I've had a blast. We're not done. We're just hitting the end of the school year where most Old Testament professors are up to their ears in uh, finals and getting their school finished and they're making less time available for afternoons with Bill. Yeah, for sure. This time of year is absolute crunch time for most professors. I know this is my final week of classes before we get into finals. And usually institutions require you to have your grades submitted really quickly at Mm -hmm. this time of year because students have to graduate. They have to do their their commencement and walk and get out of Dodge and the whole thing. So it's it's definitely is crunch time for professors. Mm hmm. And last summer, we did the Sunburnt series, which sort of gave us the, the, the ability to go and cover a number of different topics. And I think uh, that would be another great approach to take this summer, because we'd love to take suggestions from listeners as to what topics to cover. And then it's my desire in the fall, we uh, rejoin our Old Testament series. How does that sound f- with you? Yeah, no, that's great. And did, we had so many good qu- uh, questions and thoughts and topics from the listeners last year. It was about this time last year, wasn't it, that we started to solicit different kinds of ideas that we could cover week in and week out. And, and sure enough, the Faith Radio family showed up with a ton of really good ideas. So I think it'd be great to open that up again that way. No, it would be great. So that's the plan. And if you uh, have topics that Peter and I can discuss, we'd love to hear what they are, not necessarily you know, maybe Bible questions, but topics. I think that would make for a very fun uh, discussion. But obviously they are all going to come from Scripture, but you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not expressing myself very well, but it won't be <laughs> well, the first time. I, but I think what you're saying, right, is that we're, it would. it's not the same as can you comment on Proverbs 3.16 or something like that. We're looking for a little bit more broader ideas that we could cover for an hour and it's amazing how many people that when we call them, Bill, or, or, or Rosie reaches out to them that maybe are an expert in that field, they want to participate in the show pretty readily. So it, it would be exciting to get the topics from the listeners and then reach out to whoever and, and get some people on. It was super fun last summer. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about Zoe today. It's a great topic. And, I mean, that's, and, <laughs> and a lot of people are saying, what did he just say? I said, Zoe. And, if and we, you say it better than me. You really do. Well, I used I used the pronunciation helper. Right. So I, I, I did practice it a couple of times. And there's a lot of people, if you look at the word it in English, it would be Z 
Z-O-O-E, but it's pronounced uh, uh, Zoe. And I want you to discuss what that is. Yeah, well, I mean, eternal life is that phrase that probably most people that are listening right now are at least somewhat familiar with, right? Eternal life is is part of the promise insofar as we understand what salvation is and and what we turn our eyes to so regularly is the idea that we have eternal life. But I think sometimes, Bill, uh, it's it's one of those classic cases. It's happened to me so many times over the course of 30 years in vocational ministry and 18 years as a professor and somebody who readily admits that there's so much scripture. I mean, there, I've said it so many times on your show, there's 33,000 verses of scripture or so. And and I can speak pretty off the cuff, probably on two or 3,000 of them and, and feel like I'm on pretty safe ground with what that scripture is saying. But that's really only seven or eight percent of the text. And as I've gone through more scripture and then even revisiting scripture, I think that I know so often I have to change my mind about what something means. And if we're going to talk about Zoe today, and, and the, that's the Greek word for the word life that mm-hmm. is often paired with eternal that we talk about, it might sound a little crazy. It might even be a little bit disruptive. I, I think disruptive perhaps in a good way, because the good news that we claim to believe in might even be way better than we would dare hope believe. So I think it'd be really fun to get into this topic, eternal life. Mm-hmm. You sent me some notes, and I read through them, and I thought they were spectacular. And I'm wondering, is that something we can walk through today? Yeah, I think it would be, I think it'd be pretty easy to do that. I think we can just sort of set some foundation stones, starting yeah, maybe with it. a definition of what life is, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think the first thing that we have to understand, if we're going to look at this word zoe and how it appears in the English language as life, when we're reading the New Testament, we have to... Um, do away with or delete from our minds, I suppose, the idea that when that word life shows up in the English, it means my existence or it means sort of my day to day. I'm breathing. I am. I've got blood flowing through my body. Uh, My brain, I think, is working to some degree. Whatever it is that we think is life, some animating physical reality. That's not the life that um, the New Testament is talking about. And so when we were the idea of eternal life, in the New Testament, it's not that you will live as this physical creature forever. Now, both you and I know that that is one of the great promises, is that we will be eternal beings in heaven forever. But that's just not what the invitation is of the New Testament. The word life there, if we were to summarize it, it literally means something along the lines of the kind of life that God himself enjoys. It's, it's a vigorous and active life. It's it's imparted by God into our lives. It's a, It's Um, the way in which the Trinitarian God actually is day in and day out. So it's not about my physical life. It's about the quality of my interior life in my partnership with God. And I don't know if that makes sense, Bill, to say it that way as a starting point, just this idea that however it is that God operates day in and day out (laughs) in God's life, that's the life of the New Testament uh, that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. So let's maybe back up just a little bit and look in the New Testament of the three Greek words for life, which would be bios, psyche, and zoe. Right. And so bios is uh, that idea of physical existence. Yeah, so li- bio, life in you terms know. of years and accomplishments, etc. Right, right. Yeah, so that's when you hear the word biology, it's the study of that bios. Mm-hmm. Um, psyche is more of sort of the internal personality of a person, which makes sense in terms of psychology. But zoe is something different. It's not 
intrinsic or it's not characteristic of the human being uh, per se. What it is, is it, it's a life that only can be given by God to us. And it's a spiritual kind of life uh, that is very real in us, but it's the kind of uh, life that God enjoys. So those, those three words, bios, psyche, and zoe, all do show up in the New Testament. But, but bios and psyche don't show up very often. Zoe shows up 122 times. Wow. So, you know, what, one good example maybe our listeners are familiar with, but when Jesus says in John 10, 10, he says, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you would have Zoe and that you would have it overflowing or that you would have it abundantly. And going back to our definition, Bill, when we understand Zoe to be the kind of life that God enjoys— now it makes sense that we would have it abundantly, that we would have it overflowing, that, that the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God would actually be real within us. That's why Jesus came. It's really a powerful illustration, Peter, especially when you tie it to John 10.10, 10, because we all read that verse and we, we don't know how to understand that to be true in our life. Well, and, and it does make so much more sense, doesn't it? If you have this thief, if if Satan is the thief, his primary motivating action in this world is to kill off and destroy God's beloved, that being you and me, and that mm-hmm. being everybody who's listening. That's everybody who has ever been created by God. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. There is um, evil action against God's beloved, and and it manifests in sin, and we participate in it, and we get destroyed by it. And so Jesus says, I'm coming for my, del- my beloved because I want you to have my kind of life again and have it overflowing in who you are. I don't know how you've heard that, that passage taught, but sometimes I hear abundant life, meaning that, well, if you follow Jesus, you're going to have a, you know, a great relationships. They'll overflow abundantly. You're going to have cars and airplanes and helicopters and, and white teeth. Uh, you're going to have a great job. You're going to have good pets, like whatever the abundant life is. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what John 10, 10 is. It's, it's independent of any circumstances in your life. You can have an internal richness that is God's kind of life that he brings into your life and have it overflowing. Mm-hmm. So zoe is the word that John used to describe the, the life brought to us by Jesus. That's it, all right? It, it's, yeah, it is, Bill. And here's the thing. It's, it, you and I and, and the rest of the Guy Talk team last week talked a bit about salvation. And... One of the things that I think can be really helpful in our faith journey is to ask the question, what do we think we're being saved from? And it's pretty clear right from the opening to the Gospel of Matthew, it says, and they will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins, or I have come to set you free and you will be free indeed. And so the way this life operates as part of the heart of the Gospel is the reason why the heavens opened and Jesus came as flesh and dwelt among us. And then ultimately, the cross uh, and, and the resurrection event, what he was doing in that whole moment, what he was saving us from, was this horrible life that the thief had stolen and killed and destroyed. He came to reestablish this beautiful way of life, this Zoe life within us from the inside out. Mm-hmm. All right, Peter, let me take a little break. I'm with Dr. Peter Kapsner today. Generally, we talk about Old Testament Wednesday at 5 Central Time, but not today. We're going to uh, continue a couple of more uh, Wednesdays with Old Testament, then take a break for the summer, then rejoin in the fall. But today we're talking about Zoe, all right? Z-O-E, but it's pronounced Zoe. We're going to learn more about that. We'll be right back.
That's a perfect theme song. I'm with Peter Kapsner, PHND, and we are talking about Zoe Love today. And it seems like all people participate, Peter, in the, the bios and the psyche, but not not all enjoy the Zoe life. You have to, uh, it's a gift of God, and it comes uh, to us when we receive uh, the gift through Jesus Christ. So Zoe is the life whose source is God. Yeah, and how, it is. How important that is for us to know and then to be living that life. I think when you come to faith, sometimes people think, well, I got my punch ticket now to get out of e- e- eternal damnation. And But I think God wants us to have this Zoe life, this abundant eternal life starting the moment you come to receive Christ. Yeah, that's so well said, Bill. I, I think we could explore whether it's in this hour or another time, like how we got to this idea that the heart of salvation is that God came to rescue us from himself and his wrath. And, and um, there's some understandable reasons why we think that way. But really, the heart of the gospel, as understood all the way back to the first century church, is that Jesus came to save us from the power of sin in our life that was killing the beloved, and and then to impart this zoe that you're talking about into our life. I would highly recommend anybody listening to just spend an hour Googling zoe in the Greek language or Google Zoe in the in the Greek New Testament, you will find you, you will go down a, a rabbit hole, <laughs> um, so long and and so beautiful in terms of what the invitation is. I just did a little bit of it during the break, and it says this was one definition that just came out from about eleven seconds of googling, where it says Zoe is the uncreated eternal life of God. It's the divine life that is uniquely possessed by God. And the idea that God is willing to impart his own uncreated eternal kind of life into his beloved, I said at the start of this segment that I think the good news might be even better than we dare hope to believe in terms of how we can live life in a broken and difficult and and awful kind of world. Jesus really did rescue us from some um, unbelievable pain and sorrow, and it doesn't mean life won't still have that sorrow. But we'll be animated by God's kind of life, even as we live in this world. Whew, there's a lot in all of that. Mm-hmm. And during the break, I wrote some catchphrases for the afternoon show regarding Zoe. You want to hear them? I do. I do. I'm so curious. <laughs> Let me test them out here. Let me test them out here on you, right, let's, let's have it. Maybe yeah. someone else from uh, who's listening would respond as well. Zoe today, live genuine and vigorous, devoted to God. I like that. That's right out of the lexicon. That's really good. All right, let me try this one. Zoe right. today, living brisk and beefy, devoted to God, <laughs> putting some meat on your spiritual bones. Oh, beefy. I mean, I'm always intrigued by beefy for, you know. Well, just, yes. Yeah, I put that one for you. I figured you're a barbecue guy, so I figured I, that I might totally get your attention. Know. Yeah, I've got, I've got some steak working on the grill here in just a little bit <laughs> as we speak, so this is perfect. You have steak tonight? Thanks for inviting we- me over. Well, well, you didn't ask. He who doesn't ask doesn't get, Bill. You know the deal. Well, all right. How about this one? Zoe today, living stout and strong, devoted to God. I like that, too. You know, what I like about these is um, when you're, as you grow in God's Zoe life, as as you continue to to yield your life to God in this discipleship journey, you do grow in those ways. From the inside out, you grow strong and you grow stout. And and there is spiritual muscle that gets developed in you where you actually are an authentic person who begins to love and, and have joy and, and cry for other people's pain. Uh, this is the life of God that he seeks to give his people in this life. And so you don't have to live such a hollowed out life um, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what your experience has been, but I think in my classroom, so many of my young people have done what you described earlier, this, this sort of idea of giving their life to Jesus, the language that we have today, as a way to get into heaven when they die. But if you ask them a few years into it, they often feel really hollowed out and, and they don't really even know what the whole Christian journey is about. Mm-hmm. So interesting. The question just popped up again, and I will, I will let you know exactly how to spell it. Of course, in the Greek, you're, I can't, it's in Greek. So the transliterated uh, word is Z-O-E. So if yep. you just uh, Google that, Z-O-E, and then look for um, uh, the biblical translation, it'll take you, like Peter said, on kind of an interesting hunt. Well, I just even love First John. First John 1, 1 and 2, I would recommend anybody listening to just read that because there's, the, there's these fancy theological terms like the incarnation. You know, Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But when you add this idea of life, and let's just keep defining Zoe today as God's kind of life or his eternal uncreated life that he gives to his, his um, children, when, when we read John 1, or 1 John 1, 1 through 2, it says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have beheld and our word and our hands have handled, we say this concerning the word of Zoe. For Zoe was manifested. We have now seen the Zoe life of God, and we testify to you what that eternal life is like. It was always been in the Father, but now it's been manifested to us in the Son. And so it's this idea that when Jesus appeared in flesh and blood, he was the very representation of God's eternal, uncreated way of life. And everywhere Jesus went, everything was breaking loose on behalf of the kingdom. His name literally means salvation. And so salvation was walking the earth, bringing Zoe life everywhere he went to every person that he came in contact with. Um, this is it for those familiar with the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia series that C.S. Lewis uh, wrote so beautifully. Um, when Aslan, the lion figure, who is the Jesus figure in the story, when he shows up, the world that had been caught in the frozen tundra of the white witch and nothing was growing and people were turned to stone and the world was getting destroyed by this evil white witch, everywhere Aslan went, spring began to come, things began to thaw, flowers began to bloom, statues came back to life. This is, however else we think of the word becoming flesh or the incarnation, it is God's beautiful Zoe life actually took human form, First John 1 and 2, and everywhere Jesus went, everything started coming back to life. This is what salvation means. He rescued us from the power of sin and death. It's really a compelling picture. Mm-hmm. And Peter, John clearly wants us to know that eternal life is, is uh, not only part of, a, of a, the future kingdom, but it's something that's very real and very present in the lives of its kingdom citizens, like right now. It's something that we possess today. Yeah, almost every time you see it, Bill, it's it's reference to what happens in your life today. And it, I don't know how the best way is to describe this, but, you know, we're obviously living in a broken world. Um, our bodies are obviously failing. But the great promise of the early church when they said yes to following Jesus is that they would get, and this is from Romans now, that they would get a deposit of the Spirit as their future inheritance. The Spirit would bring Zoe life. Um, Romans 8 says that if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead begins to dwell in you, he will bring Zoe into your mortal bodies. It's this incredible picture. And and it's a deposit then of your future inheritance. And, and what that means is you get a little taste 
of what the beautiful kingdom that is coming when Jesus returns to earth and restores everything and sets it right and wipes away tears and breaks the curse forever. We get actually like a little taste of that in this life with the Zoe life of God. Um, for you know that I love going to Scotland. It's it's just been such a big part of my journey having studied there. And and there's certain foods that I can only get when I'm in Scotland. And so anytime we go, I immediately go to the grocery store and buy all these crazy chocolate bars and crisps over there and and, and other food. That's like the full inheritance of Scottish food. <laughs> every once in a while, right? Like mm-hmm. every once in a while when I'm in the States and I've been away from Scotland for a number of years, uh, somebody might show up with a bounty chocolate bar that you can only get in Scotland. And when I eat it, it's actually from Scotland. It really is a Scottish bar, but it's just a little taste. It's a little deposit and it reminds me of, oh, gosh, like I love my home in Scotland. This is what the great promise of the gospel is, is Jesus didn't leave us alone. He said, I will return. I'm going to prepare a place for you, but just know that I will return. This whole thing is going to get restored. I'm the first fruits of the resurrection. Sin has been beaten. I know life is going to be really hard for all of you right now but I've got really good gospel news. I've broken the power of sin and death, and I'm going to give you a little taste of your future inheritance as you walk out this life. The the gospel is meant to be a present reality. It's not this idea of something you get in the future. Gospel, salvation, all of that. In the Bible and in the first uh, first century church, it was all about life now. Mm -hmm. Do you think, Peter, that people who are sharing their faith and hope with others, when they talk about uh, them getting saved, that they're explaining what they're getting saved from. Do they talk yeah. about uh, the eternal damnation, or which is a great thing to talk about, or do they, or do they talk about the Zoe life that you can start having today? Yeah, boy, or I know both. we've just got. Oh, yeah, no, right. And I know we just got a minute before we got to head to a hard break. But I, I might. I don't know what your experience has been. I'd be curious for people to text in what their experience has been too. But most of the language that we use today, which again is relatively new language related to the gospel, is that you've been saved from eternal damnation. And and there's there's a lot of reason to have that conversation, <laughs> um, obviously. But the, what the biblical witness is, is Jesus saying, um, I am going to rescue you from the power of sin and death. Um, that, of course, takes hell out of play for you into the future as a place where you you might end up. But what he ended up, what he was really doing in the moment is saying, the sin that is killing you and killing my beloved, I am rescuing you from that. And so, you know, when, for people like you and me on, on the radio, but any believer out there, if you want to bear witness or evangelize for your faith, to bear witness is to bear witness of the actual Zoe life of God that's growing in you and begins to spill out to other people. That becomes so compelling when when people encounter you as they did Jesus in the first century. He promised to give us all of this Zoe life, and he was so compelling when he walked the earth. His bride is supposed to be the same way. Yeah. We'll take a break, and not to mention, I love talking about Zoe life. What a fun thing to say, too, Zoe life. I think that's pretty cool. Dr. Peter Kapsner is my guest. We'll be right back.
I hope your day has been going well. If you just jumped in the car and turned it on, thank you for doing that. Talking to Dr. Peter Kapsner today about the Zoe life. And just because we've now um, uh, probably picked up a number of new people jumping in their cars and turning on the radio, wondering, this is Zoe life. I think, Peter, we should take it a little bit slow. I know and when you teach this, you spend uh, many, many, many hours with your students going back and forth over this. It's a spectacular topic. And there was even a question from last hour, which I said I would address in this hour, and i got to make sure I do it. And the, the question was that I've got a 21-year-old niece who was just released from jail to a chemical dependency treatment center. We've been corresponding via letters, and she expressed gratitude for the Bible verses I included. We're greatly encouraged by the softening of her heart. What should we do next? Mm. And I'm thinking, boy, this is a perfect application of um, the Zoe life. That's what she wants, and she doesn't even know it. But she wants that essential Zoe life that God offers. Yeah, I, that's, I think you're, you're spot on with that, Bill. And yeah, just going back quickly to what you said, and then we'll address that question a little bit more too. But it, it is, I, there's, there's a hesitancy in me in bringing it up in this format, the idea of Zoe, because I just know how long it, it, it was disruptive in my life. It, it took probably two or three years of reading and teaching and, and having some trusted professors and and people around me, I just thought I, I, it's been so steeped that eternal life meant heaven when I died. And the Bible really is teaching something entirely different. It's it's an indestructible way of life. So I hope it's helpful in this hour. It's a, probably a topic you and I could revisit on a number of different times. But to your point the, uh, for this young woman, the invitation, I mean, to be a Christian means that you have decided to follow Jesus. Uh, Christian is simply Christ's follower. And so the invitation that Jesus has in the Bible, and it's right in front of this young woman too, is, will you decide to follow me? And for people who say yes to following him, they begin to engage in a process of becoming Christ-like, which we just got done reading and, and, and talking about in the first segment, that Jesus was fit. He was the very Zoe life of God, the kind of life that God is filled with love and joy and peace and compassion and contentment and however else you want to imagine God's life, Jesus was that. And so for a woman coming out of rehab, what more beautiful invitation mm. um, than to say, do you want to follow Jesus? He he can actually come into your life and bring Zoe into your life now. It doesn't mean your life's suddenly going to become awesome in terms of all your circumstances. It does mean that a different power is going to be operating within you, and that power is indestructible. You cannot beat it. Even death couldn't beat it, and that's the heart of the good news. Mm -hmm. So, Peter, let me just reset some of the discussion we've had in the first half hour. I think people who are listening wouldn't mind hearing it again, and then if people just jumped in their cars— they don't know what we're talking about. But in the New Testament, there are three Greek words for life. There's bios, psyche, and zoe. Bios, of course, refers to life in terms of our years and our accomplishments. And it's the life that can be counted and sort of quantified. And the psyche refers to um, life in terms of our purpose and our volition and what, what life means. And, and uh, you know, psyche is often translated soul, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it it's basically the basic meaning is it's it's you as a person, and so the, these first two words really refer to life in a in sort of a, a quantitative and qualitative way. But the third term, which is Zoe, is unique of God only, and and it's it's the uniqueness of God, um, and it's the life that characterizes God and the life that God wants us to have. Hope I said it that is. right. 
Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's absolutely spot on. And, you know, I wonder if you and I couldn't also put together um, and I can I can put together some of the notes we've been talking about and maybe post it on the show page at some point for people to to read through, too, in, in a helpful way. But that's homework uh, for you, you, not me. <laughs> Understood. That's part of that's part of the free service of the show. Right. 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 Uh, when you mention so. what we're going to do and no, 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 it's what you're going to do. Yeah, that was clearly the wrong invitation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I and I love it because we're invited to to participate in the divine life as a uh, Second Peter writes about it in the first chapter of Second Peter. We grow up in this divine life, and and so Zoe is the kind of life that God has. It's His divine life, and out of this incredible place of grace. He imparts it to us. We can't conjure up love ourselves. We can't conjure up joy ourselves. We can't conjure up peace ourselves. Um, this is why Jesus says, abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you just abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Our, our job is just to surrender and yield our life to God, not try to drum up really powerful discipleship, not try to make a bunch of commitments, not try to do better the next day, whatever it is. Our job is simply to turn back and to yield and to surrender day in and day out. And then God begins to fill us with his kind of life increasingly from the inside out. And you really do become a person who isn't acting loving. You actually are loving. Mm. You aren't you know, a person who's trying to put on joy. You actually become joyful. You begin to experience the world in a very different way, not because you can. Where our, you know, our best act- uh, actions are, are like filthy rags, right? But when we partner with God in the divine life that he gives to us purely out of grace, we live an entirely different kind of way of life. This is the eternal life that we're invited into. And and when you pair it with that word eternal, meaning you cannot destroy it, then so much of the biblical witness makes sense. We, We grieve when people die, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Even now you can't take away the hope that I have in the midst of death, or we have peace that passes understanding. We can actually love those who are our enemies as God's life is operating within us. I, I don't know about you, but to be part of a whole community of people that are operating within the Zoe of God in increasing kinds of ways, yowzers, that would be a powerful community of people. Mm-hmm. Peter, I know you, you're a golfer and, I, and I'm just thinking about, you know, presents for you for your birthday. And I was thinking about getting you a floating putter. Cause you know, <laughs> <laughs> after you, after you four putt and throw it in the water, you'll be able to go get it. Yeah. Well, and, and that's that's very true because that's evidence that I don't have the Zoe life of God right. when it comes to the golf course. So, right. Indeed. But there there are certain I don't know where I'm going with this illustration. To be honest, <laughs> I'm so curious myself. Yeah. Well, I was on a track, and then but we uh, we sometimes uh, view life in terms of what we have to do and how we have to strive and yeah. how frustrated we are with ourselves all the time and. You know, Paul, I think Paul views life as coming through faith in the in the crucified and resurrected Jesus. Uh, it's not by keeping the commandments. Uh, so it's not that we come to faith and then get our, our ticket stamped to go to heaven, and then we got a white knuckle at the rest of our lives. That's not right. the Zoe life. That's okay. That's maybe we a couple examples would be helpful now, too. And I can I can uh, say a couple quickly from my own life. I know that when I became a, a dad of my oldest son, Caleb, who's now 22, that I really felt the burden of responsibility, that I wanted to be a good dad to him. Um, and so I, I really committed myself. This is the time of promise keepers when it was filling stadiums and men were going and making promises. And it was, you know, it was quite the time. And I really did make a lot of commitments um, to do all of that. 
But also at the same time, being a, a young father, I was so pressed by worries about finances and future and caring for the family and career. And I, I was really a person who, as a dad, I was certainly there doing the things that I needed to do for my son early in his life in those first three, four, five, six months. But I was always hassled and always stressed and always harried. And and I remember going to Hallie and I said, you know, this is my wife, Hallie. I said, I wonder, Hallie, if I was a dad of Caleb for 18 years and I was there the whole time and I did all of the duties and all the responsibilities and all the commitments. But do you think he would know at the end of the day if his dad's heart was pulsating in love for him? Mm, that, that That's wow. why I was doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I was so convicted by that, Bill, and I realized – I, I can't change my heart. Like my operating system, my, my steering wheel of my heart, I need some help here. And, and so I turned and gave my life, uh, that part of my life to, to Jesus. And I said, you got to help me out. I can't discern the stuff of my own heart. I don't even know what's going on for sure. And over about nine months or so, Jesus says he's the great physician, right? Well, mm-hmm. he he did quite a bit of surgery on my heart in that time and, and really revealed some of the idolatry that I had going on, the self-centeredness, the self-absorption, the fear, all of that. And the point of it is that, and this is how salvation operates. Remember back to our example earlier in this in this segment, when Aslan is on the move and when he shows up, spring starts showing up everywhere. When Jesus was on the move, things really actually happen and change. And I'll never forget the morning when I walked into Caleb's room a little later now in his infant life. Um, and it was six o'clock in the morning. I heard him squawk. It was my turn, right, to get out of bed and, and go see what he needed. And, uh, and, it, and doing it from a sense of responsibility as a father. But Bill, I walked into his bedroom um, that day in the town ho- uh, townhome in which we were living. And I stood on the threshold of the room and I watched his little hands grip the rails of the crib and he raised his head above the rails and he just sort of smiled at me and my heart just broke open with joy and love from the inside out. That was absolutely unfettered. And I just stood in that doorway and wept. And so now changing his diaper or taking him downstairs or whatever was coming from an inside out heart of joy. It wasn't coming from white knuckle duty mm-hmm. as a father. And and that's, I think we've just missed this invitation, or at least I think many people have missed this invitation of the fact that we actually can go from death to life in so many ways in our heart, where we begin to operate out of the Zoe of God. You just have to keep yielding (laughs) day in and day out. But that's an example of salvation. I was saved from self-absorption and idolatry and brought into a different kind of life that now persists to this day. So I don't need to white knuckle my responsibilities as a dad. And all of this works the same way with pornography. It works the same way with uh, with addictions. It works the same way with, I just can't stand that person. Like, we're meant to be able to live from the inside out. We just don't talk about it a lot, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so, so interesting. Uh, I love that illustration because there are certainly people that feel just this white knuckle, I got to, I got to be, I got to check all the boxes, but the heart's not there. Yeah. And, and I think understandable, yeah. right? Especially if, if we answer the question, what did we get saved from? We got saved from hell so that we could go to heaven. And again, I'm not diminishing that at all. I mean, clearly there's eternal destiny that is is part of this um, invitation. But, but the heart of the invitation of scripture is that we begin to walk in a different kind of way. We walk not by the flesh anymore. We walk by the spirit. And, uh, and that spirit begins to change us from the inside out. Um, there's just so much scripture about this, Bill. When we, I, I mentioned earlier, I, I maybe know 3,000 passages, and I bet if I could study the next 3,000 uh, as much as I've done those 3,000, 
I would find over and over and over again that the great invitation is that the Spirit is dwelling in us and actually transforms us, Corinthians now, from one degree of glory to the next. We actually grow in the inside out um, in that way. And, and there's reliable ways to do that as disciples. I think people are hungry for that kind of life. Mm-hmm. So being a Christian in 2022, and I read Philippians 3.10 that says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to mm-hmm. know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. I'm trying to think, how do we reconcile the Zoe life? That sounds like, ooh, I don't know if this could be hard. <laughs> Is that the Zoe life? Yeah, right. Okay. That's, I think that's such a good um, passage to bring up, because if you look at all of Jesus's first followers that clearly had the Zoe life of God, every one of them was killed for their faith, or they were exiled um, and, and had really, really, really difficult lives. And it's so, if we're going to invite people to follow Jesus, or in the first church bill, they, they said, do you want to become a follower of the way? That's how they talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, and if you did, you had about a two-year period of time in which you were instructed in the ways of the way. And if at the end of that time, you still wanted to sign up, they said, you're, you're signing up for an eternal kind of way here, but it's probably going to cost you your life. You're going to be running through catacombs. Um, Nero's coming for you. You're, you might get slaughtered in the Colosseum, but there is an eternal kind of life in the midst of it that none of that stuff can even overcome. Do you still want to sign up? And, and then people did. And, and they lived from a different kind of place within the brutal realities of this world. And I'm sure if everyone listening right now could text in some difficulty of their life or they're facing, I, I bet a fair number of them would understandably say, I don't think that God could be trustworthy I don't think God could be faithful. God isn't living up to his end of the deal. Why am I suffering? Why am I this? The heart of the good news is that even in all of our inevitable suffering, Philippians 3.10 that you just read, um, that there's a resurrection power that can operate in us even as we suffer. And so we don't suffer as those who have no hope. Um, I don't know of any other way out of this world than that. Mm -hmm. But Peter, if we talk about purpose in the Zoe life, that is a beautiful thing because we all want purpose, meaning, connection. We want to be serving God. We want to be loving him. We want to be obedient to his word. So if you're living in that purpose, that that would be the Zoe life that I think would be mm. uh, liberating and, and full of freedom and, and, ex, and, and just kind of a full life. I get, I get, sometimes I push back against the, the excitement that we're all supposed to have when I think life is so hard and I think of Jim Elliot, you know, going, uh, following his purpose, his Zoe life was to go talk to the, uh, this uh, fierce, unreached people in the jungle, and they speared him to death on day one. But I think he yeah. was living the Zoe life. I, I think he was too, yeah. right? I think, you know, we probably can't have enough of those kind of conversations to reframe what it is that we're signing up for in the midst of this, but you're, but you're right. I mean, (laughs) I love that example because he probably wasn't thinking this is going to be an awesome day. This is my best day now to get speared, you know, in in the situation. So we're so excited about what we're going to do today. I go, "Mm, okay. You know, I I think the, the emotion of excitement is different from the, the, the determination and purpose of a Zoe life. 
it is this is where then Paul's language. I've learned the secret of becoming content, or he it, it literally means I've learned the secret of being filled with the shalom of God, which mm-hmm. is so much of the Zoe life. It doesn't matter whether I'm getting chased down by wild dogs. It doesn't matter whether I'm having you know the heights of success and fame. Um, he he had a different kind of contentment out of which he was living. That's the Zoe life, and. And there's a real strength in that that isn't about trying to drum up a bunch of excitement for Jesus. You just simply are a strong person because of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. All right, Peter, let me take a little break. When I come back, I've already got a comment on what we're discussing today. So don't go away, Peter, because if you don't, if you're not there when I come back, I'm in a heap of trouble. <laughs> the, the, the stake is calling, I'm just saying. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> back with Dr. Peter Kapsner. We've been talking about the Zoe life all hours. So if you missed any of this, I think it's definitely check it out from the beginning at myfaithradio.com. Check out the podcast. And Zoe life is this abundant life God wants us to be living. And I had a listener named Ann. She Googled the question in the subject line about uh, Zoe, and she got uh, this response. It's about sanctified, holy living. It's about the deep down assurance that you belong to the risen Savior. It's about a desire to tell your brother and sister about this new life. Life to the fullest is God's gift to us, free and unconditional. Mm, Boy, I love that. Again, it's such a... You and I will struggle to cover this in an hour on air, especially in this kind of format, because it is so different. It really is the heart of the gospel, but I can't recommend enough that if anybody wants to pursue uh, an understanding, I think, of discipleship, where we can begin to move from maybe some hollowed-out kinds of lives into a life of deep richness that um, is possible in the kingdom— to just Google Zoe, just Z-O-E, Zoe life, or Zoe in the Greek New Testament. Look at all the different verses. It It is the theme of the New Testament. And so if you understand Zoe life, you'll understand the gospel. And I think the invitation really becomes beautiful in terms of deciding to say yes to following Jesus. But it's not something that—it it takes some time, because it is so disruptive to the way that we tend to think about the gospel as— getting yourself positioned either for hell or for heaven, um, whereas the New Testament, what it's trying to teach us is a way of life in which we can live in the midst of this present darkness, and then we bear witness to this beautiful Jesus who conquered the power of sin and death. Mm-hmm. Now, when you heard about this, tell me the length of time it took for you to start grappling with it, and you're probably still today doing a little of it as well. Yeah, I think mostly my first response was baloney. That's heretical. So that, you know, that probably took me at least six months to get through that part of it. Um, And then I would say it was maybe about two years uh, to just, and I don't know why it took that long, um, but it, it just, I think it was so disruptive to my way of understanding. And yet my heart was coming to life as I talked about it and as people were teaching it and as I was reading about it uh, from people like Dallas Willard or now N.T. Wright and other people that write about this regularly. It's, it's fat. I, Bill, I have my students do assignments on this um, where they have to, they, they pull apart John three sixteen that ends with eternal life or the idea that um, we get indestructible way of life. And they're always so funny when they come back after maybe two weeks of research and they write these long papers, 10 to 15 pages and they come back and they say, Kapsner, 
this did not actually take me this long to do the research to see that every commentary I read or, or every study I do of this word life in the New Testament means the kind of life that God enjoys and gives to his people. And then they say, why haven't I ever heard this before? I've been mm. a Christian for 10 years or 20. I, Bill, if I've heard that once, I, I, if I've heard, it's a thousand times at least from students. And they start getting so excited and say, I think I might want to follow this Jesus myself. I, it, if this is the promise that maybe life is going to be difficult, but that I have a shepherd all along the way that can like sort of rebuild my heart uh, and, and how I experience the world, I'm all in for that. And it's really fun to watch that happen. But uh, I know for me, it took a long time, and, and it certainly takes a lot of time in class to talk about these things. Yeah, break down John 3.16 just a little bit more for us. Yeah, yeah, maybe one way, just a kind of a quicker way to do it, yeah. is I think that Dallas Willard has a paraphrase where he says it this way. Um, he says, God's care for humankind was so great that he sent his unique son among us. So whoever counts on him or surrenders to him, or yields to him, bends their knee to him on an ongoing basis, that's the word believes, will not be walking on pathways in this world that are futile and failing and have no hope. That's what it means to perish. But will begin to have God's eternal kind of life operating within them. So one more time, God's care for humankind was so great that he sent his unique son among us. And so whoever counts on him or surrenders, bends their knee in an ongoing way, will not be walking on foolish pathways in this life that have no future or no hope, but will begin to be indwelt inside by the very kind of life God enjoys. And that that life pulls us through the difficulties in this life. Mm-hmm. So when we think of Zoe, we think of life real and genuine, a life that's active and vigorous, devoted to God, and blessed in every way. And that yeah, comes Where are you those... reading that from? Um, I just wrote it. I just made it up myself. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, I will read. Can you read that again? It's That's just a definition. Really on, it's a definition on Zoe. Um, that it's a, it's a life real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion, even in this world of those who put their trust in Christ, but after the resurrection to be, uh, consummated by new accessories among them, a more perfect body and to last forever. Oh my gosh, I love that. I, yeah. It calls to mind that passage that inside we're being renewed day by day, even though the outer person is decaying. Uh, and, and I think many of us are familiar with that part of the journey, that that outer person is decaying. I think for those people that are growing inwardly in that Zoe life of God, as you get older and, and you get into maybe if you're fortunate enough to live into your 70s and 80s and 90s, and as your body's breaking down, I would I think we begin to long for a different kind of body that will be able to hold this beautiful eternal kind of life that God has given us in this life, right? We need a, we need new accessories, that definition that you read, because this body can't contain um, that Zoe life. I think that's what Paul says when he says, we've been sown perishable, but we will be raised imperishable. We'll have a new kind of body that can house this life of God. Mm-hmm. So this life we've been talking about, Peter, this Zoe life, is a, is a quality of life that originates in God, and then he imparts it to, to his followers. Hmm. That, that's the discipleship journey, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, to, to be a disciple is not to get to be better at doing certain behaviors. To be a disciple is you actually grow in Christ's likeness, mm-hmm. and God imparts that over. And so you become like this Jesus that I was trying to represent, that 
everywhere he went, spring was coming. And, and we actually become, become those kind of people too. Yeah. Well, you can take off your theology hat and put on your chef's hat. What, you're grilling tonight. It's got some ribeyes on the, on the grill. Yeah, you know, I, my my kids right now are out of town, and so I can't always get steak when there's five kids like this. So I thought that <laughs> I, I, I thought that I'd treat first of all myself. It was definitely a, more of a, of a selfish move, but my uh-huh. son and girlfriend are here too, so I thought I'd treat him to some steak on the grill tonight. Uh, that's nice. And then do you do you go medium or medium rare? How do you cook? Oh gosh, I'm all about the medium rare thing. Okay. I just yeah, because where are you at with that? I'm like I'm like medium rare too. Do you like the seasoning yeah. on on top? Do you do special steak seasoning or just salt and pepper? I to put salt and pepper is the way to go in my yeah. mind. I'm sure, you know, maybe maybe I'm being too finicky as a purist. I, do you put the seasoning in the well, steak sauce on it? You know, it? I don't, but I'm open to recommendations for good uh, steak seasonings. I just don't know what to get. I just use yeah, kind of a little bit of pepper. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I'm rolling. If they, yeah, if our faith radio friends could could text in some ideas, I'd sure appreciate it because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you're pepper. probably not going shopping tonight, but maybe next time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Love it. Uh, so, Peter, uh, always good to, to talk, and I'm looking forward. I know we're going to talk about uh, Abigail with Dr. Rebecca Ree. She sent us an inquiry saying, hey, I'm open to talking about Re- Rebecca here on my note, or about Abigail, and here are my notes. <laughs> and she reads right out of the uh, Hebrew Bible. Yeah, those notes were entirely unhelpful to me because they were they, <laughs> they so were in many, Hebrew. They're in, they're in Hebrew. I thought, well, they, but she's been so good, hasn't she? Yeah. Been in the in the Old Testament series. I can't wait to hear what she has to say yeah. on that. I wasn't even sure if I was holding it, the paper up correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I know why. When you're reading right to left and it's in characters and yeah. symbols, I have no idea too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So thanks for the time today. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow on God Talk. Have a good night. Thanks. All right, Dr. Peter Kapsner has been my guest. That's all our show for today. I hope you've had a great day, and I hope you have a great night. Ryan and I are going to watch hockey, but I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.